and welcome to Edging On, Edging On, Edging On Multiplicity, Dale Waltrip's favorite podcast. I am your host, Sam. I'm Adam. And I am Drew. And today we watched minutes 50 to 60 of the landmark uh, film, Multiplicity. Another good 10 minutes, I gotta say. Saying this is a landmark movie is like saying the Hindenburg disaster was a grandest moment for history. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, technically. <laughs> people died, Sam. Well, it united the West and the East. I assume people died watching Multiplicity too, but we don't. We haven't been talking about that so far. I wish some, that there was a website out there that was keeping a tracker of that. <laughs> So this this movie starts off with with uh, Doug who is who is now no longer having to work whatsoever. He's got a new lodger in his household because he needs a break. Because <laughs> <laughs> he still needs a break apparently. I honestly I was I was expecting I knew there was going to be another clone from last week's episode. Mm. Um, they introduced him in the last thirty seconds. Yeah. I knew there was going to be a third. I was hoping they would explain better why he needs a third. Uh, Doug. <laughs> well, he needs a break. <laughs> he needs a break. He needs more time. Needs more time. See, when he went on break, he that actually meant he had to deal with his kids. So now he needs a break from the break, uh, so I'm that a, he can uh, use his time to. That, what doesn't he say he's going to use his time to be more productive and, and get fix the house? What was he says? Fix the house. Fix the house. That's spend it. time it's, with the yeah, kids and family and sit and think. Oh, he said and maybe golf and maybe golf. May- you know, so we see yeah, him. You know, we see him throughout this. <laughs> throughout this section, we see him using his new time very well. Uh, <laughs> bungee jumping, sailing. <laughs> He's really fixing up that house. Holy oh, shit! It's yeah. a bit of a spoiler, but I <laughs> go ahead and throw that in there. Because <laughs> he, he, he's planning on the new part of the house. He's building a marina, so he's yes. trying to figure out sailing. Exactly. Mm. So, so there's an order of operations here. You got to learn how to sail before you can make a marina. You got to know what makes boats tick. Now, Adam, I know that you say that you wish there was some sort of hint as to why he needed a third clone. No, a second clone, a third him. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's actually a very subtle moment in this where he alludes to why he needs a third clone, where he says, I did this because I wanted to spend quality time with my family. First of all, (laughs) bullshit. (laughs) Second of all, he says, what time I've been spending with them has been low-quality time. (laughs) You really feel for Doug in that moment. Yeah. I shed a couple tears, I'm gonna be honest. I so, hate this bastard so much. <laughs> yeah, did, did he spend, like, he goes out from sunrise to sunset. He goes to Lakers games. He goes yeah, bungee jumping. He goes uh, sailing. Sans family. And I, I don't get it. I don't understand. First, I'm, gonna, I'm just we're gonna come gonna, out and say this. We're gonna have to come back to it because I think he has one. It's not, I'm not gonna call it a redeeming moment. Mm. He has one moment that shows that he at least. Acknowledges the existence of his family as people that he somewhat cares about, <laughs> and that's progress compared to everything else we've seen in this segment. Oh, what is that moment, dear Sam? Uh, do you want, do I go ahead and skip ahead? Is that alright? Let's go for it. There's okay. Uh, this this part towards the the end of this section where, uh, as we said, Doug is sailing, and uh, when he talks to the, the the man at the marina, he specifically says he wants to get a bigger boat so he can take his wife and family out. So. <laughs> He didn't say if he was going to bring him back. So. <laughs> yeah, you know, both they could take him out to uh, international waters. <laughs> how, how far out could we get? That's how he's planning of disposing of the clones, too. <laughs> oh, that would be... I, I would love it if that's how well, this did. Oh, you're getting a good point. Once he disposed of his family, he doesn't need the clones anymore. Mm-hmm. How... There is... 
Oh, but he does still need at least one to work, though, so he has money. That's fair. That's true. Uh, yeah. This bastard is going to a sports game and sailing by his lonesome ass. Have you ever been to a sports game by yourself? I can't imagine something more boring not having someone with you. That's about as sad yeah. as like going to see a movie alone. Yes. It's really embarrassing. Seeing a movie alone, at least you're like you can sit down and watch like at least you're not usually talking during a movie. I, I, I could I could I could see myself going to a theater by myself and watching a movie if I really wanted to see it. But like Dear God, I'm not going to the Lakers game. <laughs> As somebody who had to watch the Illumination Grinch movie by himself Ooh. in a theater full of children, okay, so I could say don't do that ever. Well, see, that's different because that's a theater full of children. Okay. If I'm going to go to like a, a, an 11.30 p.m. showing of... <laughs> of like uh, the next Ari Aster movie, then yeah, I completely understand going alone. Yeah, I mean, it'll just be, be me and the people making out in like the back rows of the theater, so... <laughs> You're sitting next to a couple making out, and the guy nudges you. He's like, hey, hold your hair back, bro. <laughs> what did we call it the second Doug again? Doug Trio. No. No, it's sec- du- Double D. Double, double D, and I guess we'll now call this one Doug Trio. Yeah, Doug as, Trio. Ca- as, uh, as coined by Alexis in episode three. Thank you, Alexis, if you're listening. Please don't charge us royalties. So, yeah. so, so uh, kind of going back to the original order here, uh, new Doug. We're introduced to new Doug. Dandy uh, McDowell. Ooh, she's just... Gorgeous. She is a beautiful creature. I, I love that all of a sudden, all three of us all made eye contact. Just as implausible as it seems, we all we all accepted what had to happen. I hate Doug so much. New I Doug, hate Doug. New Doug is the Doug that uh, Laura deserves. Doug Trio. <laughs> Doug Trio is the Doug that Laura deserves. He, he's Doug. He's Michael Keaton from the movie Mr. Mom. Wait, I guess all these characters combined are Michael Keaton from Mr. Mom. Sam, were you Maybe. aware that Michael Keaton made a movie where he, where his wife had to go back to work, so he had to stay at home with his kids, called Mr. Mom? I wasn't aware that it was a Michael Keaton film. I'm going to have to watch it now, I think. <laughs> Is it a sequel to Multiplicity? It might be. It sounds like it's a, like a backdoor sequel. Like, we can't use the Multiplicity name again. We already burned that one. <laughs> Harold Ramis. <laughs> just like burning fistfuls of document, like the scene in Akira when like the councilman's <laughs> trying to burn all his documents in his fireplace is just... Full of them. Uh, Poor old Ramus. Okay, but uh, Doug Trio. Doug Trio, yes. Helps me figure out something that I think will be a valuable insight in this movie. And that is that each Doug has a different eyebrow pattern. I did not notice this. Single Doug alternates. He has variation in his eyebrows. He's typically, I did note this later on, typically he looks incredibly pissed. Yes, uh, Double D always keeps his eyebrows up really high. Yeah. And like aloof. And uh, Doug Trio always keeps his eyebrows as close to his eyes as possible, just right. like being all passive, like, okay, okay, hi, everybody. Which we should probably tell the audience, Doug Trio, uh, so D- Double D is. Of course, an alpha go-getter. It's like, Doug D is like the masculine side of Doug, and then uh, Doug Trio is like the more feminine side of Doug. Like, he enjoys like cooking and cleaning and like actually spending time with his family. <laughs> yeah, real bastard, real pussy, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Going back to the Doug that Laura deserves. <laughs> and, but Doug Trio really, uh, really shakes things up by telling Laura that she has his permission to go back to work. Yeah. Was there was there an instance where uh, 
original Doug and Laura like finish that conversation, or was no. he, did he not have permission from original Doug to make that call? Cause... I didn't realize that wasn't original Doug. No, no, they had to shenanigans their way out of the Ponderosa. Remember, without I... finishing that conversation. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's... That's right. It was Ponderosa, Laura's favorite restaurant, <laughs> and everyone's and favorite, our restaurant. favorite restaurant. <laughs> yeah, Ponderosa. Seriously, uh, what's the email, Sam? Uh, it's edgingonpodcast at gmail.com, right? Uh, edging. Edging. Ed- edging podcast. Edging podcast. Edging. We don't even know. <laughs> but yeah, we... But keep sending us those emails so we can... <laughs> yeah, yeah, just keep trying until they get through. We'll, get <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll remember the password eventually. <laughs> oh, and if, also, if anyone has access to our RSS feed and could post this episode for us, we'd really appreciate it. <laughs> if you want to edit the podcast, please email us at edgingpodcast. If you I know where I left if, my keys. If you're going to lock my computer for me so we can get these episodes off the hard drive... <laughs> I forgot my password. <laughs> yes, yeah, so a new Doug comes on. We get some more great ad lib. I think uh, Michael Keaton's most common go-to word when improving is "come on, come on, come on, come on, come on." I have come noticed on. that. I think he says "come on" every time he does an improv, like a like a improv scene where all three of them are talking. Because every time we get we get a couple, we start to get in this a, a bit of like all three Michael Keatons talking at the same time. And this is where the compositing effect starts to fall apart a little bit mm. <laughs> because they're all just kind of mumbling over each other. <laughs> and so, like, on while like on, this podcast, exactly, yeah. On, on one hand, it, it it like you when you see this in the movie, you know that it's a result of them not <laughs> lining things up exactly. On the other hand, I find it very funny. I know it's not intentionally <laughs> funny, but I find it very very funny. Sometimes those are the best funnies, though. Yeah, I. I appreciate that you uh, mentioned this fact about Michael Keaton's improv because <laughs> does Joe Biden have the same improv coach? Come on. Come on, man. <laughs> Joe Biden's improv coach. <laughs> it's a concept that I really want to explore later. I want to see a scene. I'll <laughs> see if I can edit some kind of poop together. First of all, what we have to do is go back and turn back all the changes that, in fact, the president has made from cafe standards to moving in a direction that we... Joe, expect. Joe, you're rambling again. Mention jobs. Deal with providing people who get displaced opportunities to have jobs. Wow, that's a lot of ribs. What is that, like <laughs> slap or something? <laughs> One of my favorite lines. Oh, God, that was so uncomfortable. They paused for laughter. That was never gonna come. Yeah, the, 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 the uh, was that supposed to be funny? Because that was really not. That was so uncomfortable. Double D's eating this just comical plate of ribs. Oh. Also, have you noticed that he just looks always dirty? Yeah, like, yeah his face is visibly dirty. He's alpha dog. He's always sweaty. He well, he's not allowed in the house. Gross. He can't shower. Oh my gosh! I, I've never thought he about that. He just lives no. in the garage and poops and pees in a bucket. <laughs> Doug, get out here! Empty my poop bucket. Every day he drives to work with the bucket in the passenger seat of his oh, truck and just dumps, dumps it in on one of the, the port- He dumps it in one of the porta potties. He showers in one of the porta potties. <laughs> he dumps it at his coworker's desk and he just goes. I can't remember his name. He dumps we'll it. Destroy that- Ted. Ted. He, uh, Ted. He dumps it in Ted's desk and Ted opens every day and goes, "All right." <laughs> oh goes. Got me again, though. Good one. <laughs> I I love the scene of Michael Keaton the first peeking into his own house, watching Doug Trio uh, handle Laura, and then Michael Keaton does the like what I would call the Macaulay Culkin shrug. <laughs> oh, that one made me laugh out loud. That 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 got a good laugh from all of us. <laughs> but was it a genuine laugh? Let's dive into each person's psyche to really get into it. All right, everyone, join hands. 
and we will discuss. I'm, I'm not. Oh, all right. <laughs> Adam and I joined so, hands. Just, we know this is an audio medium, which is why these visual gags need to keep on appearing. Yeah, great at podcasting. <laughs> uh, I think that's what makes us stand out. If you think we stand out, email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, Sam, was it Adam's hands or mine that made you uncomfortable? They go to the, he goes to the Lakers game. He goes to the Lakers game, and he comes back very sneakily. Like he's trying to hide that he was out, despite the fact that he's, he's wearing a giant Lakers foam finger. finger. Isn't that funny? His <laughs> foam finger is comedy gold. <laughs> this is one of these scenes where it's like such a weird joke. I can't decide if I actually find it funny or not because it it, it kind of like goes back because it's so dumb. It's so dumb that I can't decide if it's dumb enough to be funny or not. Yeah. Uh, also, how did he drive with that fucking thing? <laughs> how did he change gears in his in his car? Like, I, it, you could make the argument that he took it off while he was driving and just put it back yeah, on. But what sense does that make? He acted like he was still surprised he was wearing it. I like that you assumed he has a, a manual transmission because he's a man's man. He's he's the real Doug. He's, he's got that old BMW 5 Series, or 3 Series, I can't, can't quite tell yet. I've been trying to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been, we've been going through old footage with a fine-tooth comb trying to figure out exactly what. If you know what he drives, email us at edgingpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> Why did he call his family in the in the bleachers? Why did he what? He call his family on his cell phone in the bleachers surrounded by screaming fans. He called the other Doug. He didn't expect yeah. for the family. Maybe, yeah, but he could go like into the hallway... Where people are not screaming all around him. Well, well, Drew, then they want, then you want to know he's at a Lakers game. I would think if there was like the sounds of a Lakers game, and he then said, "Yeah, I'm at the Lakers game," I would know he was at the Lakers game. But they wanted to show the Lakers game because they filmed the Lakers game. And they had footage of the Lakers game. And they needed to use the footage of the Lakers game. Official on the record, was that a green screen or was it just horribly info, horribly blurry in the background? I think it was horribly blurry in the background because the edges of his, uh, uh, like his edges, the edges of of Doug were soft enough. I, I would say it was a green screen. Like I I very much doubt they would have, the studio would have had money in the budget to send Michael Keaton and a crew of at least twelve or thirteen people to a Lakers game just to film. Yeah, and I don't think they could have got that audio that cleanly. If it was at an actual Lakers game. Well, they would have had to get the source audio from somewhere. So obviously yeah. someone got the at least the audio from the Lakers game. Like he has like a secret microphone in his jacket. <laughs> See, the reason I think it's real is because they already had to, they already had to go there and set up the camera like in the seats, like halfway up the, the stadium, like in the in the bleachers. Well, and not necessarily, because we only saw him from like yeah. Like chest high, so he could have just they sh- they could have just had Those like could have been the green screen. They could have just sent a guy to with a camera just to record like one specific series of shots and sent him home. I like to, to it, it's a really interesting thing to debate because it does not matter at fucking all. I, I, I like to believe in the artistic integrity of Michael <laughs> Keaton, so I, I believe Harold Ramis had a vision and he would not stoop to such lengths as to use a green screen. Adam, you made a pretty audacious claim that uh, this argument doesn't matter at all. What is it in multiplicity that matters? Tell me. No family. What if we just What if we just stopped here and and for the rest of this episode just talked about nothing but trying to figure out whether or not he was really at that Lakers game? Like like TMZ. Yeah, this is the part of the the podcast where we break into uh, groups and we just Google and try and figure out what's the truth. <laughs> this is the part of the podcast where I open up IMDb on my laptop and <laughs> try to see if I can find it in the goofs and gaffs section. <laughs> Can we get a tried, or tried and true uh, Jamie? Pull it up. <laughs> he brought home the foam finger 
And I'd like to think yes. that was for that was for Andy McDowell's. <laughs> what did he What did he do? I don't remember what he did with it. Did he just take it and chuck it? Or? We don't know. He he walks into his house with the foam finger. It's like probably midnight, and he, as he creeps toward the bedroom, he's no longer wearing the foam finger. <laughs> did he store it in his collection of foam fingers? Did he hide it in his butt? Who knows? It might have been a butt hide. <laughs> Judges, can we, do we have a butt hide? <laughs> might have been a butt hide. Yeah. We might cut this out and put it back at the end. <laughs> or in the epi- or, or if the episode where this was relevant it has not been uploaded yet, but I think it has. But, uh, so it turns out, you know what we had talked before about the beer can scene? Where he tosses the beer can to yeah. one of the yeah. 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 Was pretty, pretty frisk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have some breaking news. Yes. Uh, it turns out that that was complete by chance. They were they had planned out how they were going to uh, digitally erase the can in, in its arc so that they could just have it go off frame and then land in his hand. But Michael Keaton tossed the beer can somehow so consistently that they were able to just use the original footage and they referred to it by the special effects crew as the million dollar miracle beer can toss. <laughs> Is Michael Keaton a chthonic being? <laughs> Discuss amongst yourselves. Truly a god among men. (laughs) But I think... Also, he apparently doesn't wear a wedding ring through the whole movie to prevent continuity errors. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was just because he was a piece of shit. See, I I was thinking more like he didn't wear a wedding ring through the entire movie so he can sleep with his co-worker. (laughs) I did not notice that. You remember when Michael Keaton uh, gets rid of his foam finger and then starts climbing into bed? Only to find out that his clone is in the bed with his Delora. I I know it's dark, but there is no way he did not see there was another person in that bed. It was pretty well Mm -hmm. lit. Mm -hmm. He wanted to try and get to second base with clone Doug. He wanted it. This movie half the time just operates on cartoon logic. Like, well, this would be funnier, so this is how it's going to (laughs) work. Yeah, now that you mention that, yeah, it operates on the fact... Like, you can tell... It's playing to the camera, like, it's yeah. got the cartoon thing, like, if the camera doesn't see it, the characters don't see it. And that, that's mm. really, <laughs> now that you mention that, that really does bother me. I'm having all these weird flashbacks. And strangely, even though it's always going for the funny thing, it's funny 5% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's the true power of, my, of Harold Ramis's direction. I hate multiplicity so much. <sighs> There's a few good lines. Like, can we talk about the part where Amy McDowell asks Doug when he scream when they scream as as uh, original Doug gets in the bed with uh, Doug Trio? Uh, Amy McDowell says, "What's wrong? I had a, I had a bad dream. What, what was the dream? I don't remember. I was sleeping." That's actually a That's, good one. Yeah, you, get, you see the five percent because I think there yeah. were a good twenty attempts at jokes in this ten minutes, and yeah, that's the five percent. Uh, real quick, I want to hop back to uh, Doug went skydive, uh, bungee jumping. That's the word. Yes, and I think we call it sky skydiving a couple times. Eh, pish posh. Uh, but I really like that. You can see the Titanic in the background there as a <laughs> foreshadowing for this movie's critical and box office results. Oof, <laughs> oof. Too bad they didn't make a funnier movie. <laughs> yeah, that's really the one weakness of this movie. They could have just made a funnier movie. I I've, I spent all all day yesterday thinking of stuff to do for our finale when we try and fix this movie. And I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but I thought of the perfect way to fix every problem with this movie. Reshoot oh, it. I'm excited. <laughs> no, no, no. It's with something so simple. It's something so simple. You guys, when you hear it, you're going to go, wow. 
That's cool. But enough about that for now. Let's get back to the the bungee jumping Michael Keaton. Tickle no, my, that's it. Can't tickle my balls like that. <laughs> and I, okay. Again, again, I know that visual gags don't really work on a podcast, but but Adam was tickling my balls as he said that. Yes, it was, it was really uncomfortable. Where there uh, are there any reasons that we should bring up the scene where they establish the rule of don't sleep with my wife. Just for how uncomfortable it is. Yeah, that was that was pretty uncomfortable. Yeah, it, uh, one rule. No one has sex with Laura but me. Oh, but there they is are one. him, so... Uh, yeah, so uh, get your facts straight. How are they going to stop him? Or, I mean, how is he going to monitor that? Is he just going to be like, hey, did we have sex last night, Laura? And she's going to be like, oh, yes. And then... Oh. I... That, that's gonna be a hard. <laughs> that's gonna be a hard sell. I, mean, I I like actually that this. I had a bunch of dumber solutions. I was thinking of him like with the Sherlock, like Sherlock Holmes magnifying glass, like, <laughs> <laughs> like hmm, looks untouched since the last time. <laughs> I like that much better. Like, hey, honey, remember what we did last night? No, good. Good. <laughs> Just checking. I know that I was the one who made an ass out of myself by saying there's no reason to bring up the scene, but I thought of just one reason. What's that? Uh, the line, I mamboed out. Yeah, of I was going to say, there's, there's quite a few reasons to bring up this scene. I mamboed out of I didn't even catch that one. He mamboed out of the region. They say it like three times. He, he said that Andy McDowell, well, Doug Trio says that when he was sleeping with Andy McDowell, her like hand brushed against his region, um, so yes. he mamboed out of there. And what I know about this line is every time I have the same reaction to it, the first time he says I just kind of go, huh. and then when Double D... Like, just starts mocking him for saying, he's like, yeah, Doug, he just mamboed right on out of there. That's when it gets me. <laughs> the second time is when it gets me. And then the third time is when they kill it, when Double D says, yes. the mambo master. Yes, the third time is very unfunny. It's painfully <laughs> unfunny the third time. And this is that's also a part of the scene where uh, just Michael Keaton is talking over himself, mumbling nonsense. Yes. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I, I think that's the biggest problem that I've had with this movie so far, is that they, they seem to be jerking themselves off so hard with how good the special effects are in some parts that they forgot to make the movie good. There's one more thing worth talking about in, in that scene. I doubt it. <laughs> which is when... Uh, I needed that. Which, which is when, when Doug is, is telling them all the rule uh, that they're not allowed to have sex with his wife. Uh, Doug Trio's reaction is the, is, is the best... Where he just the entire time going, great rule, Doug. Great rule. Good rule. I like that. That's a good idea, Doug. Very smart rule. I agree. 100%. Alright, yeah, that was pretty funny. I'll give you that one. Is that... Doug Trio offensive to gay people? Is he calls he... it a fabulous rule. A fabulous rule while he's making like... like a... Oh, fuck you. Fabulous isn't exclusive to gays. It was in the 90s. I don't, th- I don't, I don't really think so. I think he just plays like a, a slightly softer version of himself. I don't really... Th- think it's too I, I i at first kind of thought that watching this but the more i've seen it the more i kind of uh, the, the more i guess we'll have to see how it goes in the rest of the movies i can't quite yeah remember I, but I, I, so far at least i really don't think they've they've really pushed that line yeah i don't think so either but i just thought it might be an interesting thing to bring up yeah it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on and see how uh, <laughs> see at exactly what point they decide we're watching <laughs> the homosexual progression of doug trio let's watch let's watch listen. the mambo let's watch the mambo master well, hey, uh, you guys want to sail with Walt? <laughs> Walt. <laughs> another another staple of a Harold Ramis film, a cameo by Brian Doyle Murray. Uh, Hooray! And unlike in Groundhog Day, where he's just a little bit part and he adds, you know, a little bit of energy to the scenery, mm-hmm. here he's uh, 
a pretty prominent side character who just doesn't do anything. Yeah, I, he's prominent. He comes yeah to play really. I'm, I always get confused by his uh, role in the movie because later on, like later on when he's appearing repeatedly, I, I always think I've missed something. Like, oh, why is he back? Like, th- did I miss the part where? Oh no, never mind. He's just kind of here. Huh. Okay. I'll he doesn't really do that. anything. He's just kind of there. Yeah, he's just a, a mariner named Walt, and Michael Keaton, of course, uh, has been talking about wanting to learn how to sail, so he takes like this babby sailing course where it's a complete mess because Walt is a horrible teacher and, and it, probably a horrible mariner. And it's just it's just like twenty people in a little pond slamming into each other <laughs> in small sailboats, which does look kind of fun, I gotta say. Yeah, and, and then I, Michael to that. Michael Keaton passive-aggressively asks for a refund, but somehow that endears him to Walt. Who tries to sell him a t-shirt. Yes. I sailed with Walt, which, by the way, check out our merch store. That's definitely going to be on there. Actually, if, if I could find that t-shirt online, I would absolutely buy it. I know you would. I'd wear that all summer. That, actually, you know what? I need to find that now. I'm going to make a note to myself to find <laughs> that shirt. Because that would be a really good summer shirt. You know, when you find the other one person that's seen Multiplicity, I guarantee they're going to love it. If it doesn't exist, I will make it myself <laughs> and we'll upload it on, on a merch store. It'll probably have to be like Redbubble or something. Since it's just, Well, you know what? I'm making the design myself. I think that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you should be all right. I don't think they're going to they're gonna follow through on you for it. Because I, I, you really got to love like that very specific style of like, late 90s souvenir t-shirt. It's just a white t-shirt with blueprint. With just like some text and a, and a clip art image. And Walt. Yes. The, they should have had caricatures of Walt. Oh, uh, More visual gags. Sam is uh, lifting okay. up his pants as gotta, high as they go. No, I gotta walk or something. Ah, oh, fuck, I hate this. Alright, Sam's leg is locking up, so we're gonna move on to the next scene, where the clones have a bodacious party. Oh. It's totally LOL worthy. Are, were they implied to be hookers, ah, these girls shit. they have over? You'll find <laughs> out in the next ten minutes. Ah, Unfortunately, multiplicity doesn't split up into ten minute segments well. If this part gets kept in, I hope you can hear me on the couch in pain as I can't get my leg to stop hurting. I hope you can hear me ah. chuckling to myself at the prospect of Sam hurting. Oh man. <laughs> no, this does suck. Yeah. Sam has a little Charles horse over there. Yeah. Would you like an ibuprofen, man? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's not like a, a Charlie horse. It's like my, my, there's a problem, actual problem with my leg. Like uh, I, I, my, if I bend my leg, it starts hurting incredibly, but it, it, it like, it's really tight. I wasn't, I wasn't meaning to laugh at you. I'm sorry. Yeah. You said Charlie horse. You just, the enunciation was funny. I'm sorry. A Charlie horse. A Charlie horse. So as we were saying before, my, my leg decided to, to do whatever it just did. Uh, yes, they do hire escorts. <laughs> Doug is woken up in the middle of the night by uh, how we do it, just loudly blaring in the distance. This is how we do it. Grip it, grip it, by the way. Uh, Of course, immediately, he knows what's up. He goes to the garage. Who's in there? He goes for it. Who's in the garage? He puts his nose down to the ground and goes, Puss. (laughs) I smell minge. And then there's a clone party, and then the ten minutes is over. Great. Now I can go kill myself in the bathroom. We can we can do it. You want us to help? Is that what the implication was? Yeah, we can kill myself. Oh man, the uh... yeah the clones are so sexually frustrated from the, their inability to bang their wife. Uh, Understandably. <laughs> yeah, their collective wife. 
that they hire some escorts, but not as quite understandably. They decided to just crank it to the max and go all out. Uh, Double D a freak. He's going. He's going hard. Like he. He's eating Cheetos off the <laughs> off the escort stomach. I thought they were corn nuts, personally. He oh, did. corn nuts. Are, corn nuts, are, nuts are much better. I like it being corn nuts better. I do. I did think it was rather funny when the uh, the hooker squeezed and twisted uh, Double D's nipples. <laughs> that was pretty funny. That yeah. was a good thing to see. Yeah. I like that uh, Doug Trio is just sitting on the couch with his escort uh, shyly, and she's obviously not having a good time. Then the camera cuts away, and they're just dancing like double D, so I mean, you know. So that went nowhere. Yeah, that went nowhere. And then Doug comes in because it's like 1 a.m., and they're blasting how we do it. (laughs) You know, their secret existence being imperiled by how we do it. Yes, yes. And so Doug has to, you know, manhandle the situation. And he does so. Uh, he manhandles that situation with such grace. He tells Lance and Rico off, kicks out those escorts. Lance and Rico, by the way, are the alter egos of Doug Duo and are Double Duo. G and Dub Trio. They uh, they they tell the escorts that they're brothers. Uh, oh, man. I started saying that like there was something else to say. Like, I had more to say about that. Nope. But as soon as they said, they tell the escorts that they're brothers, I go, oh, well, that's all there is to say. Yeah, and then the escorts leave, and, and they shout, and that, that's it. Yeah, and unfortunately, yes, this movie does not cut off well in 10-minute chunks. Uh, that, that begs the question, why did Doug not say enough's enough right there? Because if they are so willing to give themselves away like that... Why would he just not pull the plug on the whole clone thing? Okay. Well, because he's got to pull the plug on two human Human lives. (laughs) No, I didn't mean kill him. I just meant, like, give him to charity or something. Get him away. You know what? Give him to charity. Hey, you know what? Doug is the only person in the world who can kill himself twice. (laughs) God, I hate him. (laughs) You can do it three times, actually. Damn, you're right. (laughs) That's one better. Squeaky chair. Can have that fun squeaky chair audio to edit out. Uh. It's oh, multiplicity. I lost, I lost my train of thought. I did have something else. I, I do really like the one girl's delivery of the, uh, <laughs> even he can't tell him apart. She sounds like she is fucked up. Like, she sounds like she is absolutely hammered. It seems like they got some real ass hookers, you know. Harold Ramis said, for their acting. I've got a couple in my uh, dressing room I'm not done with. They're still alive, so we'll just They're use the them clock. in the scene. My Her- dick won't go off, so we're going to put them on the, on the screen. I told them I'm a movie producer. They said if I let them be in my movie, then I didn't have to pay. I told them I was in Ghostbusters. They said, oh, you're Ernie Hudson? <laughs> <laughs> since, since, <laughs> since Drew clearly very much hates this scene, I'll at least get, I'll, I want to pick out one shining light from it, which is, yeah, that, that girl's delivery I, I do like because she, sound, <laughs> she does manage to sound absolutely hammered. Okay, props to her. It may not be a particularly... It, like, the, the, it's not necessarily funny or, or well-written. That's not her fault, though. <laughs> she nails the delivery of what she was given. Like, she is doing the best she can with what she's got. I very much would like to see what Harold Ramis' original version of the script would have ended up as. Ooh. Because you can... Like, I probably could have figured out, even if you guys hadn't told me, that this was written completely individual of two different people. I probably could have figured that out because <laughs> some of these plot points that drop and reemerge in the weirdest ways 
and these weird ass uh, interruptions and, and foils in this goddamn movie are ridiculous. Yeah, it just kind of bounces all over the place. There's, there's a very loose overall structure, but bo- yeah, most of it just kind of <laughs> there, there just are, happens. Yeah, there are multiple points if you watch this movie where you'll say to yourself, "What am I still watching multiplicity?" It just kind of goes off on tangents. Speaking of which, Adam, how's this movie going to end? Yes. I think at this point, there's only really one way it can end. Right now, we have two additional Dugs, okay. and I've been spoiled already. There's another one on the way. Something about... A Charlie Horse. So I know they're going to get <laughs> some... A Charlie Horse. Loving fool who comes in later on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good review for the back of the box. <laughs> and could you please do me a favor? And could you bleep the word Charlie Horse every time we say it? <laughs> Just replace it with whatever you want. But I want you to bleep a Charlie Horse every time so that they don't know. So it's a surprise for them. <laughs> so just take away my brother's entire segment. No, go ahead. I'm just busting your balls. <laughs> Alright, so anyway. After that, we're going to have... I, I did happen to look at the back of the box a little bit, which I think it'd be fun Cheater, to cheeky, go cheeky. over at the end of uh, the very last episode after everything's said and done because the box is a little misleading. The though. back of the box is a treasure, like like <laughs> best of the worst when they take the boxes out mm-hmm. and read some of the best of those. Multiplicity, the back of the DVD box is on par with the those. synopsis on the back. I haven't read it. The, it's the it's gets multiple facts wrong. Okay, I know I've read back the Laserdisc one, but it was before the first time I watched the movie, so I don't remember anything about it. I'm going to have to read this and see. So yeah, there's going to be clones, and uh, he's going to have to find a way to get rid of them all without killing them, because I'm pretty sure they're not going to go so uh, far as say, to is kill that, them. Is that where the boat comes in? <laughs> I think I think he's just going to put them on the boat, sail them off to a deserted island together, <laughs> put them on the boat and set them on fire, give them a Viking funeral. <laughs> I, I was thinking. There's a part where it's supposed to be dead first. <laughs> I, I was thinking Cape Fear, where uh, he puts them on a boat, and then Robert De Niro's on it, and so in the middle of a lightning storm, while they're trying to keep the boat afloat, they're like fighting with knives and shit. All right, go away. The episode's over. Bye. Bye. Put like two seconds of the outro there, and then come back. <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate this movie doesn't fit the 10-minute format quite as well. you know what? In a way, I kind of like it. I, I kind of like this because it makes it more challenging when we come back week to week. And I'm like, what the hell happened? <laughs> where yeah, this where is are a, we? We're midway through a line of dialogue. This is a level up. It's not less um, uh, purposeful than Dunstan Chicks in. It's just more of a challenge for us. That's what we're going to do. Every season, we're going to pick a harder and harder movie. To, <laughs> ne- next season, we're, di- we're just going to be watching something that's just complete uh, stream of consciousness, no narrative structure. We're going to watch it in 10 minute chunks. I can't remember what happened last time. <laughs> Pray not for an easier life. Pray for the strength to endure a hard life. And that is what we are doing now. By watching these movies in increasing difficulty, we are growing stronger. Oh, that reminds me. It's and time soon? for everyone's favorite segment, Haikus with Drew. Michael Keaton is a family hater. Multiplicity. Multiplicity. It is a movie I saw. <laughs> Please God kill me. Stars Michael Keaton. With Michael Keaton. <laughs> and this has been Haikus with Drew. 
Even though Sam one upped me. <laughs> He's just better at some things than you are, man. Yeah, freeform poetry. The, I've nailed the freeform haiku format. <laughs> you just gotta Sam use Jack's film well, song. Though. You just gotta memorize Jack's film's memory or melody, and then you're good to go. I've been, I've been Drew, Adam, and Sam, and this has been Edging on Edging on Edging on Multiplicity. We'll see you next week, guys. Edging on. Edging on. Edging on. Multiplicity. That was Edging on Multiplicity, a podcast where three brainless clones discuss multiplicity ten minutes at a time. You can email us at edgingpodcast at gmail.com. Edging On is a podcast by Sam featuring Adam and Drew. Music is done by Sam and edited by Adam.